I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I remember when I was a child, people at my local parish would pray the rosary before Mass and then recite a series of prayers known as the Litany of Mary. You may be familiar with this traditional Catholic devotion. It's when people call upon Mary under various titles and ask her to pray for them. They'll say, Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. And I remember this litany going on and on with people addressing Mary under 50 different titles. And then at the end of every title, they'd say, pray for us. So as a kid, you can imagine I got a little tired, a little bored, a little distracted, but there was one title that always grabbed my attention. One title that woke me up. It stood out among all the rest. It was this, Mary, Ark of the Covenant, pray for us. Now, as a kid, that title was so fascinating. You see, the famous movie Raiders of the Lost Ark had recently come out, so every time I heard this title, Mary, Ark of the Covenant, I had images of Harrison Ford closing his eyes, German Nazis melting before the power of God that was unleashed when they opened up that ancient Israelite treasure known as the Ark of the Covenant. Now, clearly, as I grew up, I eventually realized that the primary background for understanding this title, Mary, Ark of the Covenant, wasn't Hollywood, it wasn't Indiana Jones, but it was the Bible and God's Word. And that's what I want to unpack for you today, a little bit of that biblical background about the Ark of the Covenant and what it tells us about the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we're going to see very practically how it's going to shed a lot of light on how we can turn to Mary and she helps us get closer to God and to draw upon the strength and the power of God that we need to fight the spiritual battles we face every day. This title is so exciting for our daily spiritual lives. But let's step back here and consider what was the Ark of the Covenant. This was the sacred vessel, the holy chest that carried three important items from Israel's history. According to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 4, there were three things the Ark of the Covenant carried. First, it carried a jar that held some of the manna from the wilderness. Remember in the Exodus story, Israel's wandering around the wilderness for 40 years, but during those 40 years, God provided this heavenly bread known as the manna to feed them. And some of that manna was kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Secondly, the Ark carried the Ten Commandments, the remains of the Ten Commandments, those tablets of stone upon which the law was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Uh, the remains of the Ten Commandments were kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Thirdly, the Ark of the Covenant carried the staff of Aaron, the staff of Aaron, the first high priest. And so we have these three sacred items, the manna from the wilderness, the Ten Commandments, the staff of Aaron, the high priest, all inside the Holy of Holies. Now, if that's all that we knew about the Ark of the Covenant, that would tell us a lot. That would tell you, wow, this is a really exciting vessel. This is very holy, very sacred to the Jewish people. But there's more, my friends. What really made the Ark of the Covenant so special to the ancient Israelites was the fact that the holy presence of God dwelt over the Ark of the Covenant. God wanted to be so close to his people, and he wanted them to know that he was close. 
So he gave them a visible manifestation of his holy presence dwelling among them. It was his presence in the form of a cloud known as the Shekinah glory, the glory cloud. So think of this powerful cloud cloud that appears in the Old Testament many times. We read about this cloud, a pillar of cloud guiding the Israelites throughout the wilderness in the Exodus story. We read about how this glory cloud overshadows the tent of meeting that was built, that that portable temple, if you will, that portable sanctuary at Mount Sinai. The glory of the Lord fills that sanctuary there and wanders with the people around the desert for those 40 years. This glory of the Lord eventually filled the the temple, the holy temple. When Solomon built the temple and dedicated it, the, the cloud of glory enters into the innermost sanctuary of that temple known as the Holy of Holies. Now, this glory cloud resided over the Ark of the Covenant. It was the Ark that was put into the center of the Tent of Meeting. It was the Ark that was put into the Holy of Holies. And and it was the sacredness of the Ark bearing God's presence that made the Holy of Holies so holy. So this, my friends, is, is again, the, the most sacred treasure in the Israelite tradition. And it's no wonder that they, they put it in, its, in, in the middle of the temple, but it's also not a surprise that they would take their ark with them on certain battles. You, remember, you may remember the story of the fall of Jericho. God instructed the Israelites to have the Levites lead the people on a journey around the city of Jericho for seven times, but leading the way at the front of that procession was the ark of of the covenant that carried God's holy presence. And then after seven times of encircling the city, they would blow their trumpets and the walls of Jericho fell down. It was a powerful reminder to them that their battles that they're going to fight are not based on their own strength and military might. No, it's based on God helping them. So God leading the way in the spiritual, in these battles, like at Jericho in the Ark of the Covenant. Well, We need to know that the Ark of the Covenant and the glory of the Lord did not remain with Israel forever. There was a time when the glory of the Lord departed from Israel. And that happened about six centuries before the time of Jesus. Ezekiel chapter 10 reports how the glory of the Lord one day lifted up over the temple, over the city of Jerusalem, and departed and never came back. Why? Well, Babylon was about to come in and destroy the city. The city where the people had become corrupt. Many of the priests were even leading people in idolatry. And God announced that a foreign nation would come, destroy the city, destroy the temple, and carry the people off into slavery. And and before that happens, God's glory departs from the temple. An ominous sign of, of how the temple is about to fall. Babylon comes in, They destroy the temple and they carry away many sacred items from the temple and bring them back to Babylon. But it's interesting, if you read 2 Kings 25, you'll get a list of all those sacred items. Interestingly, the Ark of the Covenant isn't mentioned. They didn't bring the Ark of the Covenant back. It's not even mentioned. Why? What happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Another interesting thing is this. When the Israelites, eventually the Jews, came back to Jerusalem and rebuilt their city, they rebuilt their temple... They rededicated it, but there's no mention of the Ark of the Covenant being put back in the Holy of Holies. And there's no mention of the glory of the Lord coming back to the Holy City. 
what happened to the ark and what happened to the glory of the Lord. So in Jesus' day, there's this large, magnificent temple standing in Jerusalem, but the Holy of Holies was still empty. The temple was barren. God's holy presence and the Ark of the Covenant were not there in the Holy of Holies anymore. What happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Well, the Old Testament tells us what happened. At the end of the Old Testament, in the second book of Maccabees, chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, it tells us how the prophet Jeremiah was instructed by God to go and take the Ark of the Covenant out of the temple and hide it in a mountain. Uh, and so the, the Ark was hidden in a mountain and would never be found. The location would never be found until the glory of the Lord and the cloud of glory would appear again. So the last reference we have to the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament scriptures is uh, an account of Jeremiah hiding the Ark in a mountain, and then we're told the location of the ark will be remain it will remain disclosed, unknown until the glory of the Lord appears again. God's cloud, His holy presence, comes to the people again. Now, I, I want you to know I've I've given a lot of thought to and teaching to this topic of Mary as Ark of the Covenant, looking at all the different passages, and this reference to 2 Maccabees chapter 2 is something I've I've taught before and have emphasized before, but I'm going to share with you one little insight here that, that's, that's kind of just come together through, uh, thanks to a good friend of mine, uh, a great Catholic biblical scholar, you may know him, Brant Petrie. He's working on a book right now on the Blessed Virgin Mary in Scripture, and I'm working on one as well, so we've been comparing notes with each other. And uh, one of the great insights he has is he, re- he gave some extended reflections on 2 Maccabees 2, and he highlights this little connection here. And again, I've seen this passage many times, uh, but it's like, you know, the scriptures are like an ocean and there's always new depths and, you know, that you can explore and, and discover. And this is one of them. And I'm very thankful to Brandt for this wonderful point he makes in his book. And you need to get it. It's, called, it's going to be called, I believe, um, uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Blessed Virgin Mary coming out in Advent of 2018. You really want to check out that book when that one comes out. Uh, but in it, he reflects on how this idea of the location remaining unknown until the glory of the Lord and the cloud appearing again, that those are the key signs of when the Ark of the Covenant has come back again. So again, I want to be clear, I've always taught about Mary's Ark of the Covenant. I referenced 2 Maccabees chapter 2, but this point I'm going to share with you that like a key sign that the Ark has come back is, is going to be the glory of the Lord and the cloud appearing again. Like That's a key sign. The Ark is here now. The location is going to be known again. Uh, When does that happen? When does the glory of the Lord, the cloud of glory, come back again? The first time we have reference in the New Testament, a, a subtle allusion, but a powerful point, a subtle allusion to the glory of the Lord coming back is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 35, at the Annunciation scene. This is beautiful here. So the language uh, that's used here is that the the angel Gabriel tells Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, what's fascinating here is that many scholars, Catholics, even Protestants have acknowledged that this language used 
for the, the Holy Spirit, the power of God overshadowing Mary, that language in Greek, the Greek word episkiatsin for overshadowed, is the same Greek word used in Exodus 40, verse 34, to describe the cloud of glory overshadowing the, the, the tent of meeting at Mount Sinai. So the same glory of the Lord that overshadowed the tent of meeting at Sinai, that hovered over the Ark of the Covenant in the time of Moses, that same glory of the Lord is now overshadowing the Blessed Virgin Mary. What does that tell us? Well, remember what 2 Maccabee says, and this is this is the, the little extra icing on the cake I think Brant Petrie offers, uh, is this, is that you know when we see the glory of the Lord again, that's a sign that the Ark's location is, is being revealed. And just as the glory of the Lord, the cloud of glory, overshadowed the tent of meeting in the ark in the time of Moses, well, now that same glory of the Lord is overshadowing what? The womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That tells us Mary is the new dwelling place for God's glory, the new dwelling place for God's holy presence. She is, my friends, the new ark of the covenant. Uh, and so this is a very important point. There's other passages, and I'm going to talk about these on other podcasts down the road. And uh, we can look at the book of Revelation. We can look at the visitation scene, especially. Other passages that clearly reveal Mary as the Ark of the Covenant. But for right now, I want you to see the first time we have a reference, or it's a subtle illusion, but it's there, of God's glory overshadowing again. It's right here at the Annunciation to Mary. She's the new dwelling place of God. She's the one who's bearing the holy presence of God. The cloud of glory has returned, and it's overshadowing the new Ark of the Covenant, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, what does that tell us? If Mary is indeed the new Ark of the Covenant, it you know, and it makes sense that she is, right? Because she's carrying the holy presence of God, the Christ child in her womb. Uh, how fitting this is, because just as the Ark of the Covenant had those three sacred items. Remember the jar of manna, the Ten Commandments, the staff of Aaron? Think about what Mary's carrying in her womb. She's carrying not just the manna, she's carrying Jesus, who's the true bread of life, he says. He says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live forever. So the new bread of life, Jesus, is is in Mary's womb. Mary's the new Ark. She also carries not just the Ten Commandments, the old law, but the one who comes to reveal the new law that's summed up in his own very life. And she's the one who carries the the, the new high priest, Jesus Christ, who will offer up as a priest not just any ordinary sacrifice, but his very body and blood offering himself up on Calvary for our sins. So Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. And it's most fitting because just as the Ark carried the Holy Presence of God, so Mary carries the Holy Son of God in her womb. And here's the practical point for all of us. You know, think about this. If if the Ark of the Covenant was used in, in battles to defend the people in the Old Testament, to help them knock down the walls of Jericho, uh, think about what Mary can do for us. It's fitting if she is the Ark of the Covenant, then she's the one that we can turn to to fight our spiritual battles. We want to draw near to Mary just like the Israelites had the, the Ark of the Covenant lead them around Jericho, we want to turn near to Mary and have her help us fight the battles 
that we need God's help in. So think about those walls that keep you from a closer relationship with God. Think about those walls you need to knock down in your life. Maybe they're they're walls of resentment that you have towards somebody, some family member or co-worker, and you know you need to forgive that person. Ask Mary to knock down those walls of resentment and help you. Maybe it's the, the walls of, of impurity. You just feel like to scale. you're struggling with impurity and to scale these walls are just so hard. Ask Mary to go before you like the Ark of the Covenant and may those walls fall down like they did in Jericho thousands of years ago. Uh, Maybe there's some walls in your marriage right now or walls with one of your children. Whatever battles you're fighting in your spiritual life right now, turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is Mary, the Ark of the Covenant. And there's great power in the Ark, but the power is not the Ark's own power. It's the power of God overshadowing the ark, carrying the ark. And the same is true with Mary. Mary has no power on her own, but because of the one that she bears to us and to the world, Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God, she is indeed a very powerful resource. Mary, Ark of the Covenant, pray for us. Thank you, my friends. Blessings to you in this Easter season. If you have any questions on this topic or anything else, you can send them my way. I'm doing a Q&A episode here later this spring, so send me any questions uh, at edwardsree.com. You can reach me there. You could also reach me on Facebook and Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, please give a rating to this podcast. I'd appreciate it. Give a review. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.